the movies, all those comics, all the games, all those toys, all the TV, the animation. Just give us, just give us one hour and 45 minutes and we will give you everything Marvel. Hello, Marvelites. Welcome to This Weekend Marvel, episode number 257. I'm Vice President and Executive Editor Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Marvel's Legion M, joined by... Editorial Director of Digital Media, Ben Morse, and we're in a much bigger room than we're used to. I feel like that makes us feel like we need to go bigger. Big! Or go go big home. or go home. That's go what Stanley always says, right? That's one of the things Stanley always says. Sure. We're always doing what Stanley says. We're not alone. We have our intern, Amanda, back for a second consecutive week. Yeah. That's me. <laughs> Currently the longest running intern in uh, episodic podcast history. What? I don't know, man. <laughs> that didn't make any sense. Nope. Not even a look. Uh, big fun stuff. This starts the beginning of an epic run of episodes sponsored by Loot Crate. Loot Crate. We'll get a little bit more into that later in the show, but it means excellent things for all of us. So excited. Yes. Very excited. Also have a giant stack of comics this week. I don't even know if we're going to make it through them all. 26 comics. We might not make them through them all. We have to. That's what we do here. That is our contract with you, the people. Yep. Signed, sealed, and delivered. Like John Washington and Steve Lincoln. Those guys. Steve Lincoln. Yep. And George Adams. George Adams of the Jeffersons. So I have a question for you before we get started. Hit me. So I was on... Unbelievably enough, knowing I had to come in and do this today, mm-hmm. I still uh, went on another comics podcast last night. Why? To talk about top five lists for Marvel video games. Okay. And one guy, for his number five, listed the Punisher arcade game. Oh, hell yeah. And I said to myself, I've hell never yeah. played the Punisher arcade game. You, you're and wrong. I, and I, I, I'm right about this one. No, no, you're wrong that you've not played it. And, and you I, failed at life. And, and I said, I bet... If I go in and tell Ryan about this tomorrow, he will have loved that game. Oh, my God. That's 100% right. You play as either the Punisher or Nick or Fury. Nick Fury, and you murder everything. Yeah. It's basically Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or Aliens vs. Predator or the X-Men arcade game, side-scroller, mm. beat-em-up with it's guns and violence. It's a side-scroller and not a, like, hold-the-gun-and-aim? Correct. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. It is brill, as the kids say. Amanda, do the kids say brill? No. The kids I, I don't know. say brill. The kids say brill all, all, all the time. Crazy. All the time. But but I'm so glad that you lived up to my expectations of loving that game. I, of course, put the X-Men arcade game as my number one game of all time. Wow. Uh, and I stand by that. I think it's not only... To be fair, you don't play a lot of video games. I don't play a lot of video games, but I had enough to make a list of five, and I had X-Men arcade game number one because... To me, it was not just a game. It was a communal uh, activity that would bring disparate groups of six together at any given time. Yeah, and it was a little different because, like, you could play games now, multiplayer, and you've got, you know, your children cursing and saying racist and sexist things at, you know, adults and all that stuff. And that's, quote-unquote, community. But back in the... Back in our day, you would stand side by side with someone and play the video games. You'd have to smell their musk as you played. A kid would invite you over and say, like, hey, man, I need some help finishing this game. Will you contribute your tokens to what I'm trying to do? And then furthermore, I didn't see Pride of the X-Men, the cartoon, until years later. 
and I, I ordered it off eBay just being like, oh, cool, an X-Men cartoon I've never seen. I watched it and saw as suddenly years of arcade game made sense, blew my mind, and just completely took me to another level. Yeah, I don't know if any of it makes sense, but it connects. Oh, it makes sense. <laughs> I have a whole world built. Australian Wolverine sense. is always a pleasure. Australian Wolverine is always a pleasure. All right, we got comics to get to. Let's do it. So let's start out with Captain America, Sam Wilson, number 13. It's a Civil War II tie-in written by Nick Spencer, art by Daniel Acuna. The bulk of this issue focuses on our new Captain America, Sam Wilson, taking on U.S. agent in both a physical and ideological slugfest. Uh, Sam tries to get away. Agent is stronger. He is able to impose his will more, but Sam is crafty. He's tricky. They have a great fight. Uh, Rage still figures into the conclusion of the book. And there's a surprise as far as involvement of another Captain America. Then at the end, Sam Wilson makes his stand, says he's not going anywhere, and basically uh, puts his foot down coming out of this Civil War tie-in that he's, he's, he's going to be around and he's going to be Captain America by gum. By gum. Uh, also, we've got another Captain America book out this week. We've got Captain America Steve Rogers number five. And if you follow Tom Brevoort on Twitter, you probably know y'all better read this book uh, because it is a Civil War II tie-in. Uh, in addition to the backstory, the the really cool stuff that is um, it's got like the red and then the shades of gray and the black and a little bit of white in terms of the color scheme. It tells you it's in the past. It's the stuff that really formed Steve Rogers, which. In here, we get a whole bunch of stuff that is really starting to tell the tale of how Steve became the Hydra Steve that he is. Uh, we've got big Hydra stuff. Steve. Hydra Steve. We've got a lot of stuff with current day Steve Rogers uh, and the how he weaves in and out of all the bigger parts of Civil War II, behind the scenes, where he fits in. And really, there's a big couple pieces in here, uh, particularly with... Uh, some of the larger events of Civil War II. So it's really interesting stuff and definitely stuff you want to check out if you're reading Civil War II. It's by Nick Spencer with art by Javier Pina and Rochelle Rosenberg. Speaking of important key Civil War II tie-ins, we've got Captain Marvel number 9, written by Ruth Fletcher Gage and Christos Gage, art by Tony Silas, colors by Matt Wilson, and this takes you inside the head of Captain Marvel. And this, I think, is such a valuable part of Civil War II, this Captain Marvel tie-in, where you get to really get Carol's justification for why she's doing what she's doing, why she believes in predictive justice, what she's willing to do. Her and Alpha Flight fight one of the great beasts, which to me, anytime Alpha Flight fights one of the great beasts, that is a milestone in comic book history. Great beasts are huge. They're cool. It means things are going right. Uh, The cool thing is this is basically an Alpha Flight book with Captain Marvel as the leader. Magneto gets a dope two-page cameo where he basically swoops in and goes, yo, why do you have cameras looking at me? And Carol Danvers is like, Magneto, you might be a threat. And he's like, no, no more cameras. And then just flies off. It's literally two pages. One page in, yo, one page out, it's yo. Fantastic Magneto stuff. It's really good Magneto stuff. Crystal Skates writes to great Magneto. Then Carol gets put in a compromising situation thanks to Ulysses visiting the station and implying that one of her allies will betray her. Unfortunately, her allies don't take this that well, and we've got Captain Marvel, who I just was talking about working with Alpha Flight. Now she's at odds with Alpha Flight. Dun, dun, dun. All right, we've got Civil War II Kingpin, 
number three. King King Ping. Uh, written by Matt Rosenberg, art by Ricardo Lopez Ortiz and Hayden Sherman, colors by Matt Lopez. And um, this is another brutal, violent issue of mm-hmm. Kingpin, which, I mean, what do you expect? Yep. He's Wilson Fisk, the Kingpin of crime. There's him getting stabbed, him shooting people, him choking people, him stringing people up in crucifix-like positions, him rubbing blood, someone's blood on someone else's, no, well, his own blood on someone else's face. Yep, it happens. Which is great. Uh, did I mention that he gets stabbed? Because he gets stabbed a lot. And the art here makes it really, really gross because it's just gritty, dirty art. Art is fantastic. It's, yeah. it's really cool. It's very kinetic. Uh, it's just like go go go, very exciting, and the Punisher's in it, which means there's more. There's like a brutal stabbing and more stuff blowing up, and Frank and and Wilson just going at it. It's really great. Hell of an issue. Let's uh, let's leave Civil War Two alone just for a second. I promise we'll get back to it. Uh, but let's go to the far flung future of 2099 in Deadpool number 19, written by Jerry Duggan, art by the ever established and ever changing Scott Coblish who can he's an artistic chameleon not our only Scott Coblish issue this week yeah incredible stuff but he starts off with this one portraying the world of 2099 we've got Deadpool who has been released after he's been the prisoner of his daughter Warda he is now back out he is getting his gear together uh, getting his weapons together he's got a holographic projection of Preston helping him out he is going to find out what's going on but his other daughter um, Ellie. Ellie. His other daughter, Ellie, is out fighting Warda. They have a clash, and it's really pretty brutal and pretty sad. And Would you say a clash of champions? No, no, they're not champions. Oh, okay. Um, no, it, this is more of a clash of clans. Mm-hmm. Um, they are, you know, they, they take some lo- low shots at each other. They are both very personally invested in trying to win this fight, and... Do we want to stop and acknowledge no. what just happened? No. You mean the horrifying sniffling? Yeah. She's going to deny it like other people who yeah. sniff, and then the mics pick it up, and then they're like, no, I didn't do that. I don't, yeah, I don't think we just go I past that. I never denied that. it. Okay. Sick people sniffle. You, you are sick. sick. And That's no sick. one's going to be able to hear you. You're like 10 feet from the microphone. You're going to get destroyed by the Twitter. Twitter can destroy me. That is okay. Fair. Wow. <laughs> Fair. All right. But the really cool part of this issue for me is when Ellie uh, breaks off from what's going on with Warda. Warda's put her in a compromising position. She needs help. She reunites with her dad, who she only calls Wade, and with Preston, who she calls Mom. And they get to the bottom of where is Shikla? What does Deadpool have to do to make amends? And then he goes and visits his oldest living friend, who is a delightful last page surprise. That was great. Um, all right. You want more Deadpool? You want more Scott Coblish? You want more everything? Get ready, because it's Deadpool Annual Number 1. Written by Jerry Duggan and Brian Posehn, which is awesome to see them mm-hmm. back together again. Yeah, back together again. Art by, uh, in Scott the first Coblish. story, by Scott Coblish in an absolutely, completely different style. Mm-hmm. And uh, colors by Chris Sotomayor. This is essentially... This is... Essentially, what if Deadpool was in Spider-Man and his amazing friends? He takes over, Deadpool takes over for Spider-Man, for Peter Parker, 
in um, taking over the, the room in the apartment. I guess they shared an apartment. I don't yeah. really remember any of this. I never watched Spider-Man and his Amazing yeah, Friends. It was before I realized we were that. Around. Yeah, it was, I, I, I guess. Yeah. Um, Take your word for it. But So Deadpool moves in with uh, Firestar and Iceman, and they go on adventures. They go to fight the Sinister Six. And Deadpool, oh. being Deadpool, starts to murder the Sinister Six. This is so and it's it's still set it's in that so like, unsettling. It's it's Scott draws it in this in the exact style of the cartoon. Mm-hmm. So um, it's a lot more it's a lot simpler with like very sp- not as much detail as Scott always does, but it works because it looks like the cartoon. The first killing is so perfect. Oh my god! Because it's the one that is most kind of like just subtle. Yeah. But you're like oh oh my god, <laughs> and then it just gets the. The second one is so brutal. And it's Every, just, it's more and more. They just up the ante. They just keep killing. Yep. And it's Deadpool has set uh, Firestar and Iceman down this path of murder and violence. And it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. It is insane and great and had me howling. Uh, and then Spider-Man eventually shows back up, which makes it even better. Because mm-hmm. he's like, what the hell is what happening? What have you done? Yeah. It's really, really great. Uh, we get there's a bunch of extra stories in here, uh, like a uh, Wade and Bob uh, little side story. Then there's the Adam Warren story. He wrote, writes it, and draws it with colors by Ryan Kinnaird, and uh, it features Gothic Lolita from um, Livewires. Livewires, thank you. Uh, an older uh, book that he did here at Marvel. Uh, this is definitely Jordan White and Heather Antos just. Doing awesome doing stuff that want. makes them happy, and it's great because it gives That's us a what really being cool a Deadpool editor is all about. Yeah, and th- but it gives us really cool stories featuring you know uh, a creator like Adam Warren, which we don't see too often anymore at Marvel. And it's cool, it's weird, it's got this gross anime creature monster violence vibe. It's got just nasty stuff, and um, Gothic Lolita is just this insane robot that is pretty much indestructible uh and she and wade have this fun back and forth did i mention it's disgusting because it's gross great. great so gross uh another annual came out this week and that's doctor strange annual number one lead story written by Catherine Immonen, art by leonardo romero who's becoming one of our new favorites so good colors by jordi belair in the wake of Last Days of Magic, uh, of course, the Sanctum Sanctorum has seen better days. Wong and Strange are trying to get it fixed up. They're having a little problem with the contractors. Strange takes Wong away, tries to calm him down. And who should appear at the door but Clea, uh, Doctor Strange's wife. They uh, were, what? That's right. They were married once upon a time, mm-hmm. and they never dissolved their union. And that's what a lot of this story is about, is Clea trying to convince Stephen that now they may, because they're not together in the traditional sense, they need no longer be together in the magical sense. Of course, there's more than meets the eye to what's going on there, but there's also more than meets the eye to their terrible contractor, who turns out to be a gross demon who's just big and... Just, just his really, name is like I love when Zelma just appears in the middle of all the crazy fighting and says, "Hey guys, I'm back from my vacation in Jamaica, and I feel and, great, and I feel great." And Clea uses her good feelings to defeat the demon, meaning she no longer has any of her good feelings from her two weeks of vacation. It's very funny. 
uh, then Clea works one last deal with Doctor Strange, and the door's kind of left open for more with those guys down the line. In our backup story, we get to see a prelude to Doctor Strange and the Sorcerer Supreme, number one, written by Robbie Thompson, art by Jonathan Marks Baravecchia. It's uh, called Strange Tales, Yao the Not-Quite-Ancient One, and I think you guys will really enjoy it, and you'll really enjoy that series coming soon. Hell yeah. All right, uh, up next is Drax, number 11, written by Sam Punk and Colin Bunn, with art by Scott Hepburn, colors by Antonio Fabela. This is it. This is all there is. Is that a song? Yeah. Cool. 80 song. Nice. Uh, this, yeah, so this is the final issue of the series, which is super bummer, but it is fantastic, as the rest of the series has been. It's the battle between uh, Drax and his crew and Killer Thrill, and she's got this whole bunch. This, basically, she... Not the only time we'll see Killer Thrill in the near future. No? Yeah, I read a book that is not due out this week, but I thought it was, and Killer Thrill will be back very soon. That's great. I'll let you discover for yourself <laughs> what the book is. Or just listen next week. Yeah. Or read your comics. Read your comics. Yep. Uh, I meant you specifically. Oh. Uh, Killer so I'm not going to tell you. Yeah. No, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> Killer Thrill has her uh, whole group of basically in, in, uh, enslaved a planet because she's trying to teach the little I don't know what the broodling as they call it which is not it's like a, a dragon. Yep. Yeah, a dragonling? What are they? Fin Fang Foom it's of his race. What do they, what do they, what do they call them dragons on uh, the Game of Thrones? Huh? Dragons. Yeah, they call them baby dragons? Dragons. Dragons, yeah, there you go. They're dragons. Or as Strami would say, dragons. dragons. Uh, so it's, you know, for the it's for the fate of the dragon. Yeah. And the dragon is, you know, killer thrills trying to teach the dragon to be violent and murderous. And Drax just, you know, Drax and Fin Fang Foom want to give the dragon a better life, a better yeah. start. A chance to be what the dragon wants to be. Yeah. It's really great, really sweet. Um, it is a good way to wrap everything up it's bittersweet because i want so much more from this uh but it's a hell of a run that they had and i'm very very glad we got 11 issues of this really weird quirky exciting fun drag series absolutely uh, moving over to Extraordinary X-Men number 14, written by Jeff Lemire, art by a guy who I've really started to appreciate, and that's Victor Ibanez. He did the uh, Storm series. Now he's been working on Extraordinary X-Men while Humberto Ramos gets ready for Champions. Uh, we got layouts by Guillermo Morgaron and colors by J. David Ramos. There are three things going on in the world of the Extraordinary X-Men. One... Iceman and Nightcrawler are in Egypt looking for Colossus, who has been possessed and is a horseman of Apocalypse. They have a fight. Two, elsewhere, in possibly the future, Magic and Storm are fighting a bunch of new characters while they look for Sapna, who's this little mutant girl who's been mutant-napped by who knows when. And third, probably the best part of all of them that I never thought I would enjoy is Thor, uh, not Thor, Forge. <laughs> I was Sorry, like, Wait, what? I, I, they just always get Thor and Forge confused. You know that—that's uh, normal. Yeah. Now I'm thinking about Forge, God of Thunder. Oh, How great that would be! Um, Forge has Apocalypse all locked up, and he's taunting him, and he's being a jerk to him. And Apocalypse tries to worm tongue his way out of the situation, and ends up getting some masking tape putting over his mouth. So there's good stuff going on along. There's also a little interlude with Old Man Logan and Jean Grey, because Logan's got a crush on someone. And she teases him about it. But really, the uh, big stuff is going on in the future in this other dimension where they find Sapna. And Sapna is not what they expected to find at all. Storm and magic, terrible stuff happens to him. Uh, X-Men betrayed 
magic torn asunder, dimensions blown to bits. Who knows what's coming next? X-Men action. All right, we've Exciting. got... Uh, up next is Guidebook to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Marvel's Agent, Marvel's Avengers Age of Ultron, number one. Uh, this is one of our handbooks covering movies and the MCU, so this has lots of updates for the characters you know, but also lots of uh, the new characters who show up in Age of Ultron. But, uh, as we do in these books, lots of ways to show you how this connects to um, the comics and some really cool behind-the-scenesy stuff. So, always check those out. We've also got Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, number 11, out this week. Written by Brandon Monclair and Amy Reeder. Art by Natasha Bustos and colors by Tamra Bonvalin. You want to know a fun thing that's going to happen? Hit me. In about a week. What? Uh, a little more than a week. What? We have on the Marvel Live live stream, that's what it's called, right? The Marvel Live live stream. Um, you could just say the Marvel live stream. At New York Comic Con, on the live live stream, not just Amy Reeder, not just Brandon Monclair, not just <gasps> Natasha Bootstos, but all three of them at the same time appearing to talk about Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. How did we do it? It's magic. Pure magic with, magic. A, with a K. Wow. Very exciting. Yes. Uh, but the current issue of Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur has uh, Moon Girl calling upon the help uh, from Ms. Marvel that mm. she was offered previously. But Moon Girl... She doesn't have control of her inhuman powers. Her inhuman power is to switch minds with Devil it, Dinosaur. It's kind of a terrible inhuman power. I mean, think about it, though. There are some who get really shafted mm -hmm. in the inhuman you know, roll of the dice. It's a bummer. Yep. She gets... Actually, you know what? I'd be okay with switching brains with Devil Dinosaur once Well, yeah, but the trade-off being that his brain's in your body. Hey, man. You don't know what he's going to do. You trust Sometimes him? I do some really crazy stuff. Yeah, People I probably, honestly, I don't think I would notice. Right, exactly. If you, were, if you were podcasting right now as Devil Dinosaur, I'd just be like, oh, he's doing an accent. Yeah. Or, like, oh, that must be Irish. Why would yeah. he have an accent? What? He'd still be in his body. No, I'm saying <laughs> I would interpret Ryan's growls as just Ryan trying to do an accent. Yeah. Normal Ryan trying to do an accent. Get with it, Amanda. <laughs> Uh, what accent was that? Uh, some sort of British. Yeah. yeah. Some, it was European-ish. It was vaguely European. Yeah, it's in one of those European states, like, or Zvakia. Yeah, or Zvakia. Yeah. yeah, one of those. Um, all right, back to Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. Please. Uh, but part of the, the problem when uh, Lunella switches bodies with Devil Dinosaur, she has been pointed out she her devil dinosaur's mind is in Lunella's body and everything gets really weird so people are trying to figure out what the hell she's going on about which has her uh, sedated and put in a hospital uh, because she was acting all kinds of weird so her family's upset it's it's just a lot of trouble for everyone uh, but we do get some interesting movement between her and Kid Cree. Mm, very excited to see what's going on with her and Kid Cree. It's more of a three-dimensional relationship now. It's not just bad guy and good guy. There are feelings involved. Gross. Gross. Super gross. Um, moving over to Miss Marvel number 11, written by G. Willow Wilson. Main art by Takeshi Miyazawa. The first few pages are done by Adrian Alfona. And also the cover, which is great, is done by Cameron Stewart. It shows uh, Miss Marvel smashing through the starburst symbol of Captain Marvel, kind of foreshadowing the things to come. Like I said, we start with a flashback drawn by Adrian Alfona. We've got Bruno in the Khan household trying to get the bangles, the bracelets that we originally... Uh, we've, we've kind of seen the story behind leading up, 
and then this is how they get transferred to Kamala. I wish the band The Bangles was yeah, in Yeah, the Ms. band Marvel The Bangles well. is not in Miss Marvel yet. I mean, so far. Um, he does have a pretty cool Gigawatch shirt on, which <laughs> is fantastic. But he's trying to explain to Kamala's mom, I want to give her these bangles. I want to protect her. I want them to be like armor. Basically totally saying, like, I'm into your daughter. Um in a hey, not too, Mrs. <laughs> not too on, subtle I way. I really think your daughter's yeah. pretty swell. Meanwhile, back in the present day, Kamala is watching over Bruno, who has been injured from an ill-advised attempt to foil predictive justice. Kamala has teamed up with Hijinks, um, a villain, a troublemaker at, at, at the least, and pretending to hide some bombs, basically to prove that predictive justice doesn't work. She's going up against Becky, who she hates, uh, who has armor. With the good hair? Yeah, Becky with the good hair. And uh, That's she, a pop culture reference right there. Yeah. And she wants, good for you. Yeah, they get in a little fight. Captain Marvel shows up. Miss Marvel basically says, like, look, you're my hero. You're my idol. I don't think what you're doing is right. Iron Man shows up as well. Captain Marvel is pissed, says, I let you use my name. I let you use my colors. And I couldn't trust you at all. And she's, she vows to make things better, but at the same time pretty much disowns Miss Marvel. Horrible blow to our hero. And even worse blow is waiting in Bruno's hospital room where, oh my God, he's woken up, but we get some bad news about his future. Um, just the worst the worst day probably in Miss Marvel's life. A no good, very bad day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, up next is New Avengers number 16. It's written by Al Ewing, art by Paco Medina, Juan Velasco, and Jesus Abutov. I got to say, Medina and Velasco and Abutov are on fire. This Among is, the best in the biz. So this is like reaching Jim Chung levels of mm. like cool detail. Smooth. Yes. Yeah, smooth, so smooth. Kinetic action, storytelling, like top of the pops. I'm mean, very, very into uh, all this right now. But this is the uh, Roberto DaCosta's aim team taking the fight to the Revengers or what's left of the Revengers um, as the team has been whittled down. But we get really awesome stuff with uh, I mean, Pybok, the the power scroll, but my favorites are Angar the Screamer. Angar the Screamer is my favorite. I was He's so that. great. He's yep. just this dirty hippie who has crazy screaming powers. Uh, but he's a classic. Uh, we've got Vermin, who's in here, and you know, recently King we of the read, Rats. Yeah, we read um, uh, Craven's Last Craven's Hunt. Last Hunt. Thank you. Where Vermin played a major part. Uh, and it's just cool to see him show up here. And so it's, it's a lot of squaring off between various members of the of the two teams. Really great stuff. Awesome hero moments for uh, the AIM team. Big uh, change for Maker as he sort of swerves around uh, the rest of his crew. It's kind of a dick move. Yeah, but that's no, who but he nothing, is. Nothing we didn't expect. There is a full-page conversation uh, between um, uh, – what's her name? Um, tippy toe, tippy toe, uh, tippy toe, and the rats yeah. that follow vermin around, which had me rolling. It was so good. I really loved it. Great storytelling. Really fun. Squirrel Girl has great moments in here. I love this book. It's yeah. just fantastic. Very fun. I'm excited for what's coming with that book as it becomes U.S. Avengers in the near future. And Al Ewing can really go over the top with his out of control United States patriotism. Few. Writers are more American than Al Ewing. Yeah, no, Al Ewing is as American as apple pie. Yeah, I mean, he is from the America. deep Americas of America. <laughs> yeah, he's he's really from the heartland, as they say. 
they say that Nighthawk number five is also from a place. Uh, it's written by David F. Walker. Chicago? Art by Martin Morazzo. Color art by Tamara Bond Villain. Oh, no. Nighthawk has been captured by the Revelator, who's this crazy serial killer who plays with Nighthawk's mask and just is generally creepy. Has him in a room with um, all the newspapers on the wall. You know, the the standard serial killer lair decor. Um, Nighthawk does manage to get away. He escapes. We go around the city of Chicago a little bit, find out what's going on with the different corrupt cops and the few good cops, the ones we can trust. Nighthawk manages to get back on the street and back teaming with Tilda. He is trying to take down the Revelator now that he's seen the worst he can do, but he's not sure who he can trust, so he goes after some and tries to make alliances with others. Um, And it's just a dirty, gritty book with nasty stuff going on, and I love it. So good. So good. Meanwhile, Nova number 11, the final issue of Nova. It's the final Nova. Uh, But not the end of Nova. Oh, no, not by any means. It's written by Sean Ryan, art by Corey Smith, colors by Andres Mosa. Uh, Of course, this issue was kind of cool for me because Sam Alexander goes and meets the world mind, and the world mind has absorbed the personality of Richard Ryder. And he kind of starts morphing into Rich Ryder as the issue goes on, as he's explaining the history of the Nova Corps to Sam Alexander, as he's talking to him about being a hero, basically gives him a pep talk. And this is just my dream at this point, because it's basically Rich Ryder giving a pep talk to young Sam Alexander, which is all I ever wanted. (laughs) It's all I ever asked for. Um, Sam goes back home, settles things up with his mom, settles things up with his friends, Everything seems to be cool. He's going to fly off into the sunset. And then, wait a minute. What's this page about? Huh? There's a last page reveal that I did not know was happening, which just blew my mind. And I'm not going to talk any more about it. But it, uh... I was excited because where it's set is... Oh, yeah. uh, Five minutes from where I grew up. uh, Where I used to go and take the bus sometimes to get into the city when Mm -hmm, I was a little mm -hmm. kid. Yeah. It's great. So, wow, that happened. Yeah. Can't talk about it yet. Nope. But boy, are we going to talk about it soon. You better believe it. We're going to talk about it a lot. We're going to talk about it like you can't believe. Yeah. So much talking. All right. On to Rocket Raccoon and Groot number 10, written by Nick Cocher? Cocher? Cocher. Cocher. Nick Cocher. I'm saying. Like the, isn't there some boy band man with like Nick? That's Nick Lachey. Nick Lachey. Nick Lachey. Thank right. you, Amanda. Yeah, I, I was looking at Ben because I knew Ben would know it. I was I was right behind her. Yeah. Uh, pencils by Michael Walsh, inks by Michael Walsh and Josh Nixon, with colors by Michael Garland. Man, I love everything going on here. Rocket Raccoon and Groot, this little guest art, because uh, Scotty Young left, and we uh, we had to bring these guys in, Michael Walsh and Nick Cochet. They have done an amazing job. So good. Just so funny, so clever, so just expertly worked they get Gwenpool perfectly oh my gosh yeah how to use her uh funniest rocket stuff funniest plot i, I just i love that book so yeah, much th- they get everything all every mm-hmm. bit and piece of this was great all the Gwenpool stuff was uh exactly as you'd want it to be all the rocket and Groot stuff was hilarious and funny and i, I even like amped up a little bit there's a funny scene with kitty pride mm-hmm. with uh Gwenpool, which was hilarious uh, Captain Marvel shows up. We get to see the uh, sort of the origins of Chammy, the uh, the alien. What that's, a lovable guy! Yeah, Chammy. Yeah, nose, good old noseless Chammy. Yep, 
uh, Noseless Champion here. And I like his relationship with his girlfriend. I hope they can make it work. Yes, me too. Uh, just, just all kinds of great stuff in here. I really wish we got more, but I'm so glad we got this little story. I want to see more from these guys, though. 100%. I want to see more from uh, Nick Cochet specifically. I mean, we've seen Michael Walsh on a few books. We know he's awesome, and he'll be kicking around. But this uh, this Nick Cochet guy, he's got something. Or kosher. Or co-chair. Yeah, Coachella. Or however you say his name. Coachella is mm-hmm, a concert. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, when we're talking about concerts, we can't be far from Spider-Gwen, number guy. 12, written by Jason Latour, art by Robbie Rodriguez, colors by Rico Renzi. Spider-Gwen is down to her last of her powers. She's fighting the Punisher, who has this crazy gauntlet glove. It's knocking her all over the place. The art is pretty sweet in this issue. Uh, the colors are pretty sweet, no surprise. These guys really know what they're doing. The Punisher versus Spider-Gwen fight spills all over the place. Uh, it's it's just taking up so many panels and just consumes everything. It's so brutal. And Captain Stacy involves himself in a way that Gwen didn't want him to. Uh, Gwen has a bad kind of epilogue at the uh, whatever they call the hot dog place. I know it has a name, but I don't remember it right now. So we're going to have to deal with it. The Salty Dog is what it should be called. <laughs> um, and she makes a deal with the devil in order to save her dad. Who oh boy. Yeah. Uh, on to Spider-Man Deadpool number 9, written by Joe Kelly, art by Ed McGinnis, Mark Morales, and Jason Keith. Uh, so we've got handsome Deadpool up in here. Uh, <laughs> we'll find out more about that as we get further along in the storyline. But we've got villains aplenty in here, a new team called the Hateful Hexad. Uh, this new team consists of, get ready, White Rabbit, Gibbon, Squid, Sorm, be- Bear Borgai yeah. and Ox. Bear Borgai, first appearance. Yeah. We know that because it says in the caption box. <laughs> uh, but you've got Gibbon, White Rabbit, Squid, Sor- Swarm, who is my favorite villain to hate. Because we all know he's a Nazi horde of bees. A psychotic Nazi whose consciousness controls a thousand honeybees. So great. Truly the Marvel Age of Entertainment. I know. Uh, but it's great. It's them, and, you know, they're being villains, and they're fighting Spider-Man and Deadpool. Deadpool, maskless, mm-hmm. just being handsome all over the place. Wouldn't you? I, yeah. You if do. I had his face. You do. Eh, it only goes so far. Uh, but you got this great fight. Uh, Spider-Man is really, uh, he's very aggressive up in here. Yeah. Yeah. Really just got something going on. He's which, got a bug in his bonnet. Yeah. Maybe one of Swarm's bees. Yeah. A, a bee, bee in, in his, his bonnet. bonnet. Uh, but this battle goes on, and it's it's not a good battle for the Hexad, strangely yeah, it doesn't enough. go well. You, you'd think They've got the numbers, but it's just not working for them. Uh, so they, they have this battle, and then um, murder starts happening, yeah. and it gets really extra violent, and we find out why-ish uh, as this new character shows up at the end, which is gross and cool and really weirdly designed and I love it because Ed McGinnis is a master Mm -hmm. Uh, Joe Kelly's super fun this is just it's a great another great issue I'm excited to see where this goes Uh, and I love the relationship between Spidey and Deadpool finishing up our little tour of the Spider-Verse corner of the Marvel Universe we've got Spider-Woman number 11 written by Dennis Hopeless art by Veronica Fish colors by Rochelle Rosenberg we flash back to a time a simpler time when Spider-Woman was in her old red and yellow costume, 
She was an Avenger, and she was messing with Bruce Banner. She loved messing with Bruce Banner because Hulk was kind of that. They had that whole dynamic where Hulk followed her around and did whatever she said. I think it had to do with her pheromones, and yeah. you know, they just yeah, that was part of it. Um, and they just have a very cute little situation, and it, it's just a great scene. It really made things work for me, and it makes it's one of those just genuine reactions to the fact that the Hulk is dead now and Spider-Woman is not happy. She's been trying to prove that predictive justice works. Now she's pissed. All she knows is that Hawkeye, who's another guy she's had a very close relationship with, has killed the Hulk. How can this be? She starts destroying stuff. She has a heart-to-heart with Porcupine, who tries to set her on the straight and narrow, um, and she decides she needs to go and talk to Hawkeye, but instead she ends up talking to Carol Danvers, which is what Carol has wanted this whole time. She thinks if she can just talk to Jessica Drew, she can make her see her side of things. That is definitely not the case. These two end up having to drag out, fight down, beat down, fight, fight, the, fight, fight down, down, fight. <laughs> <laughs> a knockdown, drag out fight nice. um, in the Alpha Flight headquarters, and uh, things clearly never gonna be the same between them. Never going to be the same for Jessica. Just never going to be the same. Mm-mm, mm-mm. All right. On to Star Wars number 23, written by Jason Aaron, art by Jorge Molina, colors by Matt Miller. And uh, this is where we find out why our uh, Rebel team has stolen a Star Destroyer, what they're planning to do with it. Um, and it's, it's, you know, they got good intentions and they got bad ways of doing it. Um, it's, it's fun. You got tons of crazy wonderful dialogue and interactions between Han and Leia and Chewie, uh, 3PO and R2. You've got Sana Solo who's up in here and she's just a great addition to this cast. She fits in so well. You've got Luke running around with a Stormtrooper helmet on. Uh, You've got a little fun race between Han and Leia. Uh, But it all gets like dark and mysterious and scary by the end when... There's someone strapped to the outside of a spaceship. Ooh, yeah, that was creepy. In space. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we see some characters who showed up just a couple issues ago. I love those guys. Those dudes are dope. They are super fun. Uh, also super fun. Thunderbolts number five, written by Jim Zub, art by John Mallon, colors by Matt Yaki. Focuses on the Winter Soldier here. Uh, it's in the midst of Civil War II. Some visions are going out. If you read Civil War II number five, you know, the most recent vision has something to do with Miles Morales doing something not so good to Steve Rogers. We've yet to see how a lot of people are going to react to that. We do get to see how Bucky reacts, and that is to go after Miles with extreme prejudice. Uh, he pounds him with his cyborg arm. He shoots at him with his sniper rifle. He does everything that he can to try to take out Miles Morales, uh, but Miles does not go down so easy, and it puts the Winter Soldier in an unenviable position. You would not envy that. No, I don't envy him. Mm-mm. All right, on to Totally Awesome Hulk number 10, written by Greg Pak, art by Mahmoud Asrar, colors by Nolan Woodard. And so this is, you know, more the aftermath of Hawkeye shooting an arrow into Bruce Banner's face. Yep. We don't really spell that out enough, do we? No. Uh, and so Amadeus kind of peeved, because that was his bestie. And, you know, you thought maybe he was dealing with it okay, but he's not. He's kind of pissed off. And he's hulking out and he's going after uh, Hawkeye. While that's happening, Panther, Black Panther, T'Challa, being the smartest dude that he is, uh, is like, you know what? 
I'm going to try to step in and take, you know, take a stance and stop the Hulk from doing this. Mm-hmm. So he creates a Hulkbuster Black Panther armor. Friggin' cool design. Looks awesome. Should be more Black Panther armors. Yeah. He should totally. have a whole line of them. But that's the thing. He's like, I don't need he that. He doesn't need it. Tony you're Stark, right. you're he right. needs it. When you're right, you're right. Yeah. And you're right. Uh, so there's this uh, great interact, great stuff. The chase for Black Panther going after Hulk. Some really cool stuff. Uh, it's great to see Greg Pak writing uh, Black Panther, and he's talking with a, like a younger Shield agent, and they're you know a bit of back and forth because Panther's being Panther being the king, the Shield agent being a soldier. It's just it's some really cool uh, perspectives on the whole thing that we get in here, uh, and big knockdown drag out fight as they say. Some people say that. I mean, I do. Yeah. Oh, I'm up next. Yeah, you are. All right. Ultimates number 11, written by Al Ewing, art by um, uh, Kenny Rockefort, uh, and Dijabal Morissette. I think I got that right, or Dijabril Morissette? I don't know. I'm not giving any help Playing on this Playing fast one. and loose here. Uh, colors by Dan Brown. But so it's two, the two artists take different parts of the story, which I think is really like the best, most effective way to to do this kind of stuff. Um, You've got the weird stuff happening with Thanos and uh, the, what's his name? The Anti-Man? Anti-Man. Yeah, the Anti-Man, because Thanos is using his mind powers Mm -hmm. to get inside Connor Sims, the Anti-Man's head, and make him do bad things. And I'll tell you what. It's working. It's working real well. Yeah, real well. Uh, so those are the pages that are done by Kenneth Rockefort, and it's like double page spreads of bonkers, beautiful, crazy, weird, at, in like all the best ways. There's this double page spread uh, of Thanos, Lady Death, uh, the incursions, and it's just so cool. It's like you could just this could just be an art book. It's really mm-hmm. neat. Uh, on the flip side, you've got Thanos in the in reality fighting against the Ultimates. Uh, you know, Ms. Uh, Captain Marvel going binary. You've got Ms. America doing her thing. You've got um, uh, Monica Rambeau Spectrum trying to uh, use her powers in different ways to fight Thanos. It doesn't fully work, and they realize that brute force is not going to take down Thanos. He's too powerful. They have to. Find ways to do it. Uh, find to, a solution. That's what they're supposed to be doing. They they're do. the ultimates. They are the ultimates. Uh, so they have to do all that. They take them down together. Uh, just really cool book. Awesome. It's beautiful. What are you laughing about, Amanda? Nothing. What are you laughing about? I sniffled again. You didn't notice, but he did. Oh. I gave, I gave a look. Nickname Sniffles over here. Sniffles. Sniffles. That's a terrible. Yep. Right. Yeah. Oh, it's terrible. Double. That means we're it's doubling down. Going. Going down. Yeah. All right, over an unbeatable Squirrel Girl number twelve. I have a bone to pick with unbeatable Squirrel Girl number twelve. <gasps> they have the Unlimited Class Wrestling Federation on the cover. They have a poster for Thing versus some guy, and then that doesn't play any role in the interior. That's rude. What up with that? Yeah. You Anyways. should write Ryan North and be like, "Hey, guy. You know what? Where's the wrestling? Ryan North and Erica Henderson appearing together on the Marvel Live live stream." You can see them together in the same place. Wow. Where would I watch such a thing? You'd watch it on uh, marvel.com slash NYCC 2016, I doth believe. Yeah, on the days October 6th through the 9th. Delightful. Uh, and also delightful, of course, despite the misleading cover, is this issue of Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, written by Ryan North, art by Erica Henderson, colors by Rico Renzi. It begins with Squirrel Girl 
foiling a bank robbery with the help of her new buddy, Brain Drain, who's an old Nazi villain? Maybe? Oh. Reformed somehow? Okay. I don't know. I was really into him, he but when was, you say Nazi, I'm just like, no. He was not, definitely like okay. a golden... Well, let me put it this way. He was a golden age bad guy, and most golden age bad guys were Nazis. But that doesn't mean he was definitely a Nazi. And, I've, and I'm not remembering the issue of Squirrel Girl where they basically reformed him. So I'm going to give Ryan and Erica the benefit of the doubt and assume that something good came about and he's no longer... He was never really a Nazi, and it was all just a thing. Yay! So, <laughs> well, we've got that going on. Squirrel Girl, Nancy, and Squirrel Girl's mom take a vacation up to Canada where they're hanging out in the wilderness in a cabin. Squirrel Girl hates it. Her mom gives her a mystery to solve. It ends up leading to something super huge. It's also connected with what Brain Drain's doing back in New York as he's stopping all these crimes seemingly committed by the same people. And the, the people start splitting into little bits. And uh, we find out at the end that the same people are menacing Squirrel Girl and her friends up in Canada. And Squirrel Girl's going to need help from our smallest hero. That's right. Next issue, we got Ant-Man all up in this business. Yeah. All right, last book of the week. No. X-Men, nope. Wait, oh, you're, go. I've got to talk about, uh, I can't even get it. Web Warriors, Web Warriors number 11, written by Mikey Costa, pencils by David Baldion, inks by Walden Wong, Scott Hanna, John Dell, Lorenzo Ruggiero, and Terry Pallet, colors by Matt Yaki, Andreas Mosa, and Rochelle Rosenberg. This is the final issue of Web Warriors. On the one hand, crazy Harry Osborn is trying to get his hands on all the power of the Spider-Verse. He has captured Spider-Man India and Spider-Man Noir. On the other hand, there's a big fight going on between the gathered Electros and the Spider-Army. You've also got Karn getting into the mix. Everyone's fighting everyone else. It's craziness. Uh, all the loose threads get tied up. Spider-Punk gets to save the day with the power of rock and roll, or as he says, he gets to play rock and roll with Gwen Stacy on drums. They save the day. Uh, everyone more or less ends up okay. A new generation of Web Warriors is coming up. Uh, Karn is going to help out and all the good stuff in this series. It's a fun series. So good. It was good. a uh, very, very well done effort by Mike Costa, who's going over to Venom, and David Baldion, who we'll hopefully see soon as well. Yeah. All right. Uh, last book of the week, right? For real this time. Okay. Yeah. Is uh, X-Men 92, number seven, written by Chad Bowers and Chris Sims, art by Alti Romancia and colors by Matt Mila. And we've still got the concert with Layla Ch- Lila Cheney. Lila Palooza. Lila Palooza, even though she ain't there. Uh, so the Toadies and the Flaming Lips have to deal with that. Uh, we get X I like factor. how it's, it's so casually just like the Toadies and the Flaming Lips are dealing with that. Yeah. The fact that the Toadies and the Flaming Lips are in multiple a comic issues. It's great. in 2016. So that's awesome. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, we've got X Factor who shows up like. Oh, Straight great. up 90s X Factor. It's great. great. Havoc. Uh, What's, what does Cyclops think of me? Where <laughs> Did Cyclops mention me? Yeah, it's great. Uh, Friggin' Havoc. Across the universe, we've got the X Men finding themselves face to face with the team of Mutant Brood. Mm. Uh, and it's classic stuff. It's two teams of well intentioned folks who have to fight first before they realize they can work together for the greater it, it good. It is the very bedrock that Marvel Comics was built on. Yeah. Uh, but I think. Really, the whole purpose of this, maybe this whole series, mm-hmm. was to get to the part in Lila Palooza where Adam X, yes. Random, Maggot, yes. and Marrow show up. 
Yes. It feels like we were building to that. I specifically Adam X getting to show up and talk about wanting to go to the extreme. Oh, you know so I enjoyed good. that. So great. With his backwards hat and his scruffy goatee. Yeah. And his, he is so nineties. He's the nineties. Yeah. Oh, oh boy. X Men ninety two was really good. I'm I'm tempted to just give it to that for the fact that it had extreme in it. Um but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to give my Tomb of the Week to Rocket Raccoon and Groot number 10. Oh, damn it. Yeah. That might have been mine. We can agree. I don't, we don't like often. agreeing with you. We don't often, but we can agree. Uh, this is really good. Uh, I'm going to go with tracks number 11. Oh, that's it's a good Final call. issue, it bows out, and I loved it. There you go. did have a cute dragon. So. Yeah. It's did did you read that. it? I did. Yeah? What else Is that did you the read? first one you read? No, the first one I went was uh, Captain America Sam Wilson. No one's oh. going to hear you. You realize this. Is this better? I don't Not know. Much. Not, Not much. Not really. Much. You lowered your voice and got closer <laughs> yeah. to the microphone, Sniffles. Come on. Sniffles. Okay. I said the first one I read was Captain America Sam Wilson. Mm-hmm. Then I got called away. But I read some of the other ones earlier in the week. So. Of oh. what you read, what's your favorite? I actually really liked the X-Men 92. Yeah. Yeah, I really did. She's a 90s kid at heart. At heart, but you were born in like 2002 or something like that. You were born. I was born like three years ago. I just, you don't know this, but I'm a mutant. Wow, congratulations. Very cool. Super fast. It's actually the worst mutant power you can have. Mutant powers of being able to sniffle at Yeah, you'll be dead four four years. years? (laughs) Great. Mutant powers of being able to sniffle at people. Yeah. And just distract. Hopefully not get us sick. Distractify. Fingers crossed. Don't want to be sick. Collections on sale. All new, all different Avengers Volume 2, Family Business. Amazing Spider-Man Omnibus, Volume 2, in hardcover. Black Panther Epic Collection, Volume 1, Panther's Rage. Captain America Sam Wilson, Volume 1, Standoff. George Romero's Empire of the Dead, hardcover. Uh, Marvel Universe Doctor Strange Digest. Mini Marvels, The Complete Collection. Shang-Chi, Master of Kung Fu Omnibus, Volume 2, hardcover. Silver Surfer, Volume 4, Citizen of Earth. Spider-Man, The Complete Clone Saga, Epic, Volume 1. Star Wars Legends Epic Collection Legacy Volume 1 and X-Men Apocalypse Wars also in hardcover. A lot of great hardcovers up this week. Yeah. Thick and heavy. Yeah. All right. Digital Comics on sale this week. Yeah, what? What's up, Sniffles? You're good? Okay. Uh, Digital Comics on sale this week. We've got Civil War 2 Ulysses Infinite Comic number 6 and Ultimate Spider-Man Infinite Comic number 9 in addition to the issues we've already talked about. Also on sale on the Marvel app this week, some backfill stuff, including Doctor Strange, number 169 from the original run, and Doctor Strange, number 1 from 1974. Then get ready for a bunch of Chris Eliopoulos, Franklin Richards action. Franklin Richards, April Fool's, number 1. Franklin, Everybody Loves Franklin, number 1. Fall Football Fiasco, number 1. Happy Franksgiving. (laughs) March Madness. Monster Mash. Not-So-Secret Invasion, Sons of Geniuses, Spring Break, Summer Smackdown, Summer Super Summer Spectacular, and World Be Warned. Mm. Lots of really fun so Franklin So much Richards. Franklin Richards. And that those are super great for those of you who ask for you know comics. You have younger readers, stuff that you can share with the little ones. Uh, Franklin Richards are done in the style of like Calvin and Hobbes yep. and like fun all ages comics with, smart w- very smart very great well you know really well drawn and uh well written um and just just kind of perfect for kids mm-hmm. and fa- for anyone yeah, for really anyone. but like if you want to give a comic to a to a youngster give them some franklin comics we also have marvel adventures hulk number five 
Marvel Adventure Superheroes 5 and 9, Marvel Universe Ultimate Spider-Man 21, Marvel Universe, nope, I already did that one, Spider-Man Dr. Octopus Out of Reach 1 through 5, Spider-Man Dr. Octopus Year 1, 1 through 5, Storm 1 through 4, and Strange Tales 110. Over in the digital collections this week, we have all new, all different Avengers Volume 2, Family Business, Black Panther Epic Collection, Panther's Rage, Captain America Sam Wilson Volume 2, Standoff, Marvel Universe Doctor Strange, Mini Marvels The Complete Collection, Silver Surfer Volume 4, Citizen of Earth, Star Wars Legends Epic Collection, Legacy Volume 1, X-Men Apocalypse Wars, Bullet Points. That was a fun series. I don't remember oh, yeah, that one. Yeah, was that JMS? Was that Bullet Points? Uh, Might have been. Might have been. been. It was drawn by Tommy Lee Edwards. Yeah, I I believe it was JMS and Tommy Lee Edwards. Cool story. Very fun. Very cool idea. Uh, Decimation, Generation M, Eternals by Jack Kirby, Volumes 1 and 2, and Exiles, Volume 8, Earn Your Wings, which I remember was a real uh, tearjerker. Yeah. As most Exiles stories tend to be. People dying. Yep. All right. Freshly digitized comics on Marvel Unlimited. We've got 2099 Unlimited, 1 through 3, Adventures of Cyclops and Phoenix, 1 through 4. Well, right out the gate, we're going with some old, crazy Good. classics. Let's get it filled great. in. Let's get it done. Yeah. Um, all new, all different Marvel Universe, number one. All new X-Men, number seven. Alpha Flight, 12 and 106 from the original run. Amazing Spider-Man 1.4. Amazing Spider-Man Annual, 24, 25, and 26. Archangel, number one, from 1996. It's a good week. Yeah. Ascani Sun, one through four. From probably 1990. For, tho- for those of you who just read Adventures of Cyclops and Phoenix, it's sequel, Ascani Sun. <laughs> okay. And I, in fact, just read those. <laughs> Astonishing Tales, uh, 12 and 13. Kazar. Ooh. Captain America, Sam Wilson, number seven. Daredevil, number five. Darth Vader, number 18. Drax, number five. Hercules, number five. Infinity, Infinity Entity, number Say that three. five times fast. All right, Sniffle, say it th- five times fast. Infinity Entity, Infinity Entity, Infinity Entity, Infinity Entity, Infinity Entity. Pretty good. Pretty hope good. Pe- hope people could hear that. Yeah. I, don't know, I could barely hear it. Marvel Universe Ultimate Spider-Man Contest of Champions, number one. Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, number five. New Avengers, number eight. Obi-Wan and Anakin, number three. Patsy Walker, a.k.a. Hellcat, number four. Rawhide Kid, number three, uh, from the 2010 series. Star Wars, number 17. Strange Tales, two and three, uh, which... Y'all best get up in that, because that's one of my favorites. It's indie and alternative comics creators doing Marvel stories. Fantastic. Great. So good. Uh, totally Awesome Hulk, number four. Ultimates, number five. Uncanny X-Men, number five. Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, number six. Venom, Space Knight, number five. And X-Men, 92, number one. Woohoo! Hot dog. That's a lot of comics. Yeah, that was this comic section should be more than enough for to get you people through the next three weeks, yeah. if we so desire. Yeah, for the which the, we don't. The, the storm that's yeah, the, coming. Yeah, the cold, the winter that's coming. Yeah. Winter uh, is coming, really. Yeah, from, from Game of Thrones. Have you read the Game of Thrones? <laughs> yeah. They say that. I, I've seen it. I didn't read the books, though. One time in uh, San Diego, we met one of the guys from Game of Thrones. And he r- said winter is coming? No, because Ryan thought it was Jon Snow, but it was the other guy. Oh, yeah. Definitely yeah. was to com- completely unsure of which dark-haired white dude yep. it was. Yep. It was great. Yeah. It Such was, is life. You handled yourself wonderfully. You didn't right. miss a beat. Whatever, man. It's great. Sorry. So not you're not cool. the guy I thought you were. Yep. Whoops. It was well done. They were all wonderful. <laughs> all being the one of them. All right. Time for news. 
news news you can use of course you guys know all about our sketchbooks over on marvel.com where we run different stages of art that you might not see the inks the pencils the colors uh, we did that this week for javier rodriguez on sorcerer supreme and also for lt firm on on x-men 92 you got commentary for both of them a lot of cool added value over in games quake now available in marvel heroes 2016 as well as marvel contest of champions so you want to get your daisy johnson on enjoy from the from right off the screen of marvel Agents of shield you can do that in two games um, and the Avengers Academy folks are putting on a Halloween event, and it starts this week. Would you say it's a spooktacular? I haven't played it yet, so I don't want to jump to judgment. We'll say it is. Okay, spooktacular. Yeah. Uh, that was enthusiastic. Yeah. Yeah. That's how we roll. Yeah. Uh, we're speaking pros. about things we're uh, enthusiastic about, we talked about it at the top of the show, but we are sponsored this episode and for the next six months or so by the fr- our friends at Loot Crate. Loot Crate! Loot Crate has assembled the Marvel Gear and Goods Crate for the Ultimate Marvel fan. It's going to feature official items like collectible home goods, apparel, and more every other month. Because it's going to be a bi... Is that bi-monthly? Yeah, every other what- month? Yeah, I think bi-monthly either means every other month or yeah. every yeah, yeah. other week. Yeah. Every two weeks. No, bi- it'll be bi-weekly. Yes. Every other. Yeah. Right. Yes. You know, numbers, huh? Oh, boy. That's how it goes. Uh, the first theme for the Marvel Gear and Goods Crate from Loot Crate is Mystics. It's going to have Marvel's greatest mages, sorcerers, and other magic wielders, such as Doctor Strange, Scarlet Witch, and Iron Fist. Iron Fist. Are, are you familiar with him? The Fist of Iron. Yes. All those, possibly more, we'll see. Uh, you have until November 1st at 9 p.m., to get the Mystics Crate, uh, and when the cutoff happens, that's it. It's over. You can sign up today at LootCrate.com slash Marvel. I know what's in the crate. I actually, uh, a friend at Loot Crate sent me a picture mm. of one of the items that I'd only seen a mock-up for, and I'm very excited. Very excited. Very excited. Yeah. Very excited. Uh, it's really cool stuff. Sign up at LootCrate.com slash Marvel. Um, you're going to see a lot more. Very excited to work with Loot Crate. Um, we're going to be doing a whole bunch of fun stuff with them, which yeah. makes me happy because I've been getting their crates for a while, and they are tops. All right. From that, I think it's time to go over to the West Coast, get a little bit of that sniffle-style West Coast flavor. It's the West Coast, show me the wolf man. It's the West Coast, show me the wolf man. It's the West Coast, show me the wolf man. It's the West Coast, baby. Yeah. Hello there, this week in Marvelites, this is Marvel.com editor Mark Strom, joined by... Assistant editor Christine Den. And you're joining us on the Stromstein Steel Wheels Tour. My German accent's getting better. <laughs> um, uh, what we got to talk about this week on the Steel Wheels Tour, big ticket item, obviously. Marvel's Luke Cage, all episodes, streaming on Netflix this Friday. Actually, as you're listening to this, you're probably, I don't know if you're listening to this right when we post it, you're listening to it on Thursday, you're less than 24 hours away. All episodes mm-hmm. up at 12.01 a.m. Pacific time. Awesome. So I'm pretty sure I'll be watching at midnight. Oh, yeah, I'm going to make you live tweet at midnight. I'll probably be delirious. No, no, no. I'm making you live tweet <laughs> the uh, all 13 episodes from midnight to 1 p.m. So then I have to come into work late. <laughs> yes. But you do have to come into work late. You can't skip the rest of the day at that point. You do. I expect <laughs> you here at like 1.30 at the latest. Cool. Yeah. 
and that your lunch break is before you show up at one <laughs> thirty. You got to eat while you're watching the final episode. Um, <laughs> it's funny I'll because be I. Super it's funny because I actually have absolutely no authority over you whatsoever. <laughs> The pro the proper response to that is shut up, Mark. Um, I just laugh. Uh, so yeah, we've got that. We've been releasing what we've released a new trailer. The final trailer. Final trailer showing off Cornell Conmouth Stokes and Mariah Dillard, who Cage will be facing off against. We had the latest episode of Street Level Hero, mm-hmm. uh, exploring the world of Harlem. Um, uh, we have the character posters. We have the character posters. We have character posters for Cornell Stokes, for Mariah, and for Shades. Yes, as well as the previous ones for um, the other two. Misty, Misty and uh, Claire. Misty and Claire Dumble. Um, <laughs> I pay attention to our shows. And uh, another cool thing is that we announced um, Marvel's Luke Cage live, the live show. Concert. Yes, live yes, concert. the live concert. The live concert. Uh, October 6th. At in LA at the Ace Hotel Theater. Yes, gorgeous theater. If you live in Los Angeles and you're listening to this and you ever have a reason, maybe this is your reason. Maybe you got another <laughs> reason to go to the theater at the Ace Hotel. Have you ever been there, Christine? I have. Well, not at the theater, but I've been at the Ace Hotel. Oh my God, the, the it's this old like movie palace from like oh, wait, the 20s. I might have. That was like been. you know run down, but the Ace Hotel, which is right next to it. Mm-hmm. You know, body up and completely redid it, and it is gorgeous. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous old Hollywood uh, movie palace theater. It's incredible. That's totally my aesthetic, especially uh, in downtown LA. I uh, yeah. Anyone, anyone here listening in Los Angeles, <laughs> either go to this concert or find some other reason to go to. I don't know why this turned it. This turned from the. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, tickets. This, we are now we are now this week in the Ace Hotel <laughs> Theater in downtown Los Angeles. Well, I'll always tell LA is amazing. Uh, is is weirdly enough. Um, but yeah, so tickets to the live concert are now on sale. Yes, they are. Go check out Marvel.com. You can find links to where they are. Uh, what else did we have? We had Shield, the second episode of season four. Oh, we're done with Luke Cage. Yeah, that's, that's All right. for Luke Cage. All right, we're done with Luke Cage. Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., we had a new episode this week. If you missed it, you can, you know, catch it on iTunes. You can catch it on ABC Go. You can catch it on... Hulu. I don't know. I'm sure there are other <laughs> streaming... There are other places you can find it. Point being, you'll want to watch it. Uh, we had some more Ghost Rider action. We met the new director. Um, is a big episode that sets a few things in motion, particularly for this first story arc. Uh, we are off the air next week uh, because of the vice presidential debate, which is happening not the exact same time, but bleeds into our normal time slot. So we will be back the following week. But if um, they wanted to, something to watch during their fix, they can watch the Forging the Shield series that you produced. Well, but that, that's an old episode. We already plugged that. For anyone who hasn't caught it. <laughs> Sure. Thank you for plugging my wares. I appreciate that. Go watch Forging Marvel's Shield on Marvel's YouTube channel. Um, uh, we'll also have some some new, hopefully, featurettes next week. Um, if my producer brain can actually get the assets to our editor in, in time. Um, so we'll have that. We also have, um, hopefully, by the time you listen to us, we, we ran to some approval snafus. And gang, 
the last This Week in Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast approved, but we're working on it. Hopefully by the time you're listening to this. That was my first attempt at you, editing a podcast. You can, you can also, it wasn't Christine's fault. Wait, <laughs> when Christine said that, she made it sound like it was her fault, not Christine's fault. Well, I'm making it nobody's fault. <laughs> Just a little bit of confusion, but we will... Uh, we will hopefully have that posted uh, with uh, Jason O'Mara, who plays the new director, um, by the time you are listening to this. Um, and I suppose we won't have uh, clips from the next episode no, later this week. Well, we will have clips the following week, though. So we'll talk about those then. <laughs> then I guess our next topic is Doctor Strange, Marvel's Doctor Strange. Oh, that's right. We got a movie coming out, too. Uh, November 4th. You talk about this. You've been posting all this. So we actually had a lot of things go live for on Marvel.com. We have some new strange images, still publicity stills from the film, as well as new character posters. Six of them in total, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. We got everyone on there, as well as um, Expand Your Mind is a new IMAX experience for 15 minutes on October 10th. Yes. Yes, you can uh, go to our website or go to IMAX's website to learn more about that. That is an exclusive IMAX event. Uh, it's in something like, I think... 115? Yeah, I was going to say, more than 115 theaters across yeah. North America will be hosting this um, on October 10th. Like Christine said, it's a one-time deal. Uh, you will get a special 15-minute sneak peek into 3D. the film, 3D. And uh, I believe there's also an IMAX-exclusive poster that will be oh, handed out. That's cool. Um at the screenings, <laughs> not sure if that's limited or if it's like to the first hundred people or something, or if it's for everyone. But you can find that info out on uh, Marvel.com and uh, IMAX's website. And then, lastly, we have two interviews that came up. Um, our trusty leader, Ryan Panagas, went to London on set of Doctor Strange, and uh, we have interviews with Benedict Cumberbatch, Benedict Wong, and Chatel. Chiwetel Ejiofor. Ejiofor. Uh, there we go. Yeah. Uh, uh, yes, and we'll have more interviews posting. We'll have probably about like what, like six to eight of those, I guess, posting uh, in the next few days. Tomorrow we'll be like posting five more. Five more, yeah. So seven. So we'll have, I think, Tilda Swinton is next, mm-hmm. and then we'll have some with Kevin and Kevin Feige and Scott Derrickson. Yep. And then as well as the props and costumes. Yep. Um, so you can look forward to uh, reading all of that. Oh, my voice is going out. On Marvel.com. That's right. I'm recovering from a, a – I mean, my, my voice yesterday, I want to be able to talk this long without having a coughing fit for 15 minutes. So I, at least that's a sign I'm doing better. Um, animation. Did you talk to Harrison? Are you talking to Harrison? I will try after this. Oh, boy. All we right. only have one episode for Marvel's Avengers Ultron Revolution. All right. We'll plug it now in case you don't get to fully plug it this later. Sunday at 8.30 a.m. on Disney XD. A new episode. Great. <laughs> what, what's he about? I haven't received the files yet. <laughs> I haven't received the files. <laughs> Hannah's in New York. We, we, are, we are nothing if not professionals here at Marvel.com, everybody. <laughs> Continue listening for more professional excellence. Uh, uh, Thank you all for listening. We'll be back next week. Until then, Stromstein out! All right. All right, we're back. We are back. 
better than ever. Sniffles took care of all her sniffles over the break. Not so. true, because she just sniffled. I, heard. Oh, I my did, just God. slightly. <laughs> Super disappointing. Yep. We all believed in you. You let America down. Yeah. Um, let's get to the questions and comments, which let's you guys do. can send us using the hashtag This Week in Marvel. You can email them to twimpodcast at marvel.com. Let's see what we got this week, Ryan. Mm. We got a great first one from Chadwick Boot, who says, We're Strami and Chrysopedia outside on a windy day for This Week in Marvel. We actually were. Oh, you were? Because this is when I went out to Los Angeles. Okay, Los Angeles. For the Captain America stunt. Spectacular. Uh, train like a superhero thing. Yes. Um, Which you can see on Thwip, the big Marvel show, mm-hmm. in the name of Cross Promotion. Yeah, the newest episode went live. I won't watch it because I don't have any desire to watch myself. You know what happened. Yeah, I, w- I lived it, you lived guys. It. Uh, but people said it was fun and silly and cool, and so that's all I asked for. Hmm. Uh, and it's it's what I did was I... Parkour. Kind of? No, not at all. Uh, <laughs> they sort of tell you how they do the stunts, and there's a guy filming me and this other person. I was Captain America. The other guy was Iron Man. Makes sense. And we were doing these moves, and he was filming it, and they were going to cut it all together and how it would look. How, it's how they do the stunts for the movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, sans CGI and mm. you know wire work and stuff. But it was great. Super cool. Yeah. So does this circle back around to why they're outside on a windy day? Yeah. If you let me finish, I, BN. I, th- I, didn't, I thought you were done. No. Uh, so after the fact, I was about to get on a plane to come back home to New York, and I said, hey, guys, let's record the section, the West Coast section of the podcast while I'm here. Uh, it was, you know, like Christine's, like, second week. Yep. Um, so it was, it was just cool. We did it outside. You guys, like, out on the runway as you were we were the plane? Three minutes from LAX, mm-hmm. uh, so the planes were definitely going over. Wow! I definitely asked for uh, them to edit out any plane sounds if mm-hmm. they could. So yeah, well, we'll see, or we won't see. It's already done. No, it's already, it's already done. Done. It's over. It's done. Very <laughs> man. So great. DJ Fanko, I'm not going to lie. I'm legitimately hyped about Monsters Unleashed. No reason to lie about that, dude. I love the new Fantastic Four arc back in the '90s, where you had the big old mole man monsters fighting all the heroes. Did we do that on Twim URC? I thought we I feel did. like we did yeah. back in the day because it's. Walt Simonson wrote it. Mm-hmm. Art Adams drew it. It is one of legitimately one of my favorite stories because I read it. I, but before we were doing collected editions so frequently, that was a collected edition I picked up when mm-hmm. I was a kid. When I was like 10, 12, whatever it was. It was called the new Fantastic Four? Yeah. Cool. It was great. I still Very have that. cool. Yeah. Super cool. Uh, Hayden Sane says, has Two Gun Kid ever met Hawkeye, Kate Bishop Hawkeye? That would be uh, one of his favorite Marvel duos is... Two Gun uh, Kid and Clint. They are a great Marvel duo. That's a fantastic idea. Kelly S. Thompson, if you're listening, writing the new Kate Bishop ongoing series called Hawkeye, uh, please put Two Gun Kid in it. That would be such a cool idea. I don't know much about Two Gun Kid, I'll be honest. He's uh, one of our Western heroes. Let me ask, how many guns does he have? Um, I think two. Seems about right. I saw The Magnificent Seven last week, which I knew so Chris Chrisopedia also saw it. And apparently Sniffles also saw it. Um, what did you think? Actually, have you, have you seen the original? I have not seen the original. I mean, I thought I thought it did a pretty good job of yeah. taking an, an old classic Western and that making is, it something that people that today would like. That is such a film snob thing to say. No, I, like, I mean, oh, I... you didn't see the original? <laughs> you didn't see Seven Samurai? <laughs> you're, not, really. you're not big up on your current show? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's pretty good. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't see it. It was okay. Cool. It's, it's pretty, pretty good. good. Great. Chris Pratt was Chris Pratt. 
I love Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt does. I I will take all the Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt all over the place. Uh, Haywood HWView says his pick for September 14th is Uncanny Avengers 14. Uh, Nate versus Steve, Magic and Ninjas, Jerry Duggan rocks. And then Haywood's pick for September 21st was Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 4, Episode 1. Uh-huh. Hashtag darker. Yeah. Hashtag suspenseful. Robots and spirits, it's all there. Yeah, from that first friggin' scene where you're just seeing blood spattered all over the place. It is violent. It's gross. Violent. Good stuff. Uh, Kyle Charles, Johnny Timpulse. Because of Uncanny Avengers and Deadpool, Jerry Duggan is my favorite writer. Aww. Favorite spelled with a U. I don't... I don't know what that's It's about. from Britain, I yeah. imagine. Or Let's ca- hear your British accent, Sniffles. No. Come on. You don't want to hear that. I do. <laughs> you do. It, d- it can't be worse than mine. Um, hello, governor. That's there you go. That's, that's all, great. That's all I got. That's, a, that's pretty much exactly <laughs> what I said. That's exactly what Ryan I go with the, you know, the Mary Poppins British accent. Yeah. That's, that's really exactly, all I got. That's what you always uh, say. You're always striving to be Mary Poppins. Yeah. Us ugly Americans, that's all we know. <laughs> Uh, Civil War II, Gods of War, was such an awesome story. I'm really going to miss Hercules. I hope he turns up in a title. Great news. He's going to be in... Do you, do you want to say something? No, I, you skipped something. <laughs> oh, I skipped something? But you can finish your thought. Oh, you're, I skipped the part where Jerry Duggan should run for Master of the Universe? Yes. Sorry. You just Sorry, you Jerry. totally buried Jerry, oh, Kyle's man. Uh, compliment of Jerry right Jerry, there. you should be Master of the Universe. Uh, Hercules is going to be in Avengers. He's an Avenger again. He's going in uh, Mark Wade's new title. Mark Wade and Mike Del Mundo. Oh, I can't wait for that. Yeah. And uh, Kyle Charles, as much as I dislike Crystal, boy, I'm going to miss all new Inhumans. Yes, it was a good book despite Crystal being in it. I think we can all agree. Yeah. Quentin Tice says, I love how Charles Soule is working Inhumans into Daredevil, catching his Comic-Con 2016 panels, itching for Daredevil's secret identity backstory as well. Yeah, find out what happened to that secret ID. Because it was all out in the world, and now it's all gone. It's all gone. Raph A.B. says, The French premiere of Doctor Strange is going to be at Comic-Con Paris, and he can't go. Sad day for him. Sad day for America. Yeah. I think it's a sad day for France. No. no, France is pretty good. They're excited France about it. France is fine. It. They've got their whole premiere. Got, they're doing the premiere. Yeah. They're pretty excited. Sam Cintron says, is there going to be a live show this year before New York Comic Con? Last year's event was epic. Unfortunately, no. For the first time in three years, I know. we're not going to have a live This Week in Marvel taping. We had it lined up. Yeah, it was all we, set to go. We had a date. We had a time. We had a venue. We had a venue. But the venue fell apart because the venue isn't open yet mm-hmm. the target date for when they were going to open was in the summer and it's still not open so unfortunately we won't be doing it there we won't be doing a live show in time such is life such is life it's a bummer yep well i'll try to get over it uh we have luckily a four-day live show that we're doing that'll probably distract us pretty nicely and i encourage you guys to watch that where do they watch that over on marvel.com slash nycc 2016 oh that sounds about right or on the marvel youtube channel yeah during uh new york comic-con yeah all right simon sebs coming in with a few tweets here twim of the week for 914 black panther number six next issue is going to be great uh read miles morales number eight seriously luke and jessica are talking about going to the bone zone after talking to miles that's true yeah they were going to make out quote unquote quote unquote um what is I, some people say that you know when you say let's make out that means just going full bone zone. When I was a kid, making no. out was just making out was a yeah that was a, that was a step on the way to the bone zone. Yeah, it was not. They were distinctly different. 
Eric. It's the same way I, I used to hear the term fooling around meant different things. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. For some people, fooling around meant just like having some fun, having yeah. some good-natured fun. Hey, go, go ahead, we go. For some people, it meant all the way straight to the zone. Yeah. Hmm. It's confusing. Interpretations. What about Crazy. your generation, Sniffles? My generation? My generation is, I guess... This could possibly be an HR violation in the making. Yeah, I don't want to know anything yeah. about you or your personal experience. Yeah, please. You Just know. your a generalization no, okay, about okay, your generation. Yes, yes. My generation's I think it's probably hookup, which also has varying degrees depending mm-hmm. on who is saying it. It's true. You have to know the person to yep. know what they're talking about. Interesting. It's true. It's mm-hmm. true. All right. Let's hope we don't get in any trouble for any of this. Probably. Um the scenes between Luke, Jessica, and Miles was the best part of Miles Morales number eight. Do you think HR listens to our podcast? <laughs> yes. Hello, HR. <laughs> How are you? Um, Tomb of the Week for 921, Power Man and Iron Fist number eight. Looks like the fiddle faddle has hit the fan. <laughs> Phenomenal. Even though she just joined Jubilee as fitting in nicely with the cast of Hellcat, issue number 10 proved that. Yeah, Jubilee, like, instantly was just like, like she'd been there since the beginning. That was they very, crushed very cool. It. Put it right in there. Kate left knows what sense. she's doing. Uh, only you guys would be wondering about Minotaur junk while reading Mighty Thor number 11. I think everyone was wondering about that. Yeah, now all it's you're going to see is Minotaur junk when you read anything with Dario Agar. You're going to go back and go, oh, yeah, there's that tuft of fur, which is <laughs> concealing <laughs> concealing his his giant Minotaur junk. Um, do you know if there are any Marvel heroes that are Samoan? Ooh. I believe Mondo from Generation X was Samoan. Sure. Right? Yeah. Uh, Roman Reigns. <laughs> the Usos. Well, now you're getting into wrestling. Tama. Oh. Samu. <laughs> Fatu. Fatu. <laughs> well, we're, now you're just making up wrestlers. Samoan Savage. <sighs> Samoan Savage. Yeah, that was uh, that was Tama's name when he was in WCW. Wow. Or NWA. Hey, how about this uh, TNA sale that's maybe going to happen? Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. We don't know anything about it. It's Thursday. Ru- we're just thinking about, we're just hearing rum- rumors and speculation. Yes. I don't want anyone to be like, hey, the Marvel podcast, oh, this, that, or the other thing. Yeah. Yeah, we have no confirmation. We have, we're we just have, like all of you. We're reading the dirt sheets just like you guys. Yeah. Um, where were we? More from Simon Sebs. Uh, don't know how much I can say without spoiling anything, but recent events like in Charlotte and Tulsa made the in- ending of Civil War 2 number 5 uncomfortable for me. That being said, I am looking forward to the next issue. I hear that, Simon. Hmm. Yeah, definitely relevant. Yeah. Um, Tech Lord says, wait, I swear I read that Stark wasn't at Banner's funeral. Then I just read it on Canny Avengers. He was. Was he? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> looks, looks like some of our writers need to talk to each other. Or uh, maybe he was. I think he was there. Yeah. If, if we saw him in, in there in Uncanny Avengers, surely he was there and we just missed him the other time. Yeah. Exactly. Yikes. And then Tech Lord says, the West Coast portion was completely missing except for the theme song. What happened? And we, we fixed that. that. I think yeah. uh, somehow uh, and the previ- the version that wasn't finalized got sent up because as soon as I let Blake know, he re-exported, mm-hmm. re-posted the, the file, and I think it was all safe. All good. Yeah. All right. Some emails that have come in uh, of the last couple weeks. Uh, boy, Blue Papa 371 says that uh, he finally found the episode where me, Ryan, shouted him out. Uh, he says, thanks, keep doing what you're doing. And ironically, his name is Joshua. So when we introduced intern Josh, he thought he was joking about him. Hmm. That's a that's an elaborate joke for us to come up with <laughs> just to tease one guy. Sometimes it's what we do. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. All right, Simon Williams, uh, a.k.a. Simon Sebs, who we just had a bunch of tweets from, says again, Hey, Ben. 
In reference to my Squirrel Girl tweet from episode 254, part of my tweet wasn't read. Which we can blame Alex for that. Which I totally blame, parts of it. totally blame Alex for it. Uh, to put it in context, my first tweet said that since the entire issue of Squirrel Girl number 11 took place in a dream nightmare, it's one of the most common nightmares to show up someplace without any clothes on. It's often played for comedy in several mediums. Since Squirrel Girl is a more comedic book, I was just saying I was surprised it didn't go that route. While I have no problem with non-sexual nudity, I wasn't suggesting I wanted to see Squirrel Girl show up naked in her comic. I don't want the other listeners to think I'm a pervert. Mission accomplished, Simon Simon Williams. Hey man, if your name has been cleared. If you're a prevert, you're a prevert. Yeah. Ain't, it's not like a... Ain't no whatever. thing. It is what it is. They're all adults in that book. It's true. Yeah. They're in college. But you're not. We, you're a great one, Simon. Yep. Um, all right. Castora um, says, hey, guys. First, I love the show and listen every week religiously. Thank you. I've been reading Marvel for 30 years and have enjoyed the stories and fantastic artwork over the last three decades and love where you are going with the brand as we continue to get more technical with our devices. Castora uh, says, I'm a Marvel Unlimited subscriber and read on my Windows tablet through Chrome and iPhone. No Windows app for, for me, they say. Um Wait, oh, it's a he, Robert Castora. Uh, so Robert says, I have never been able to figure out how to replicate the experience I used to have in the comic shops with pull lists on Unlimited. Uh, I can browse for titles I'm into, but I can't seem to find a way to flag a series as a favorite. So I keep up with the new issues when they are released on Unlimited. Oh, that's, that's an interesting idea, actually. Yeah, I'm sure many readers would love to have a virtual pull list on Unlimited. This would make it very easy to follow all of the titles uh, I'm into without searching all of the time. Is this something in the pipeline? And he says, keep up all the excellent work. Robert, I feel like it is. Yeah. I haven't been to one of our digital comics meetings in a while. It's, it's a great idea. Uh, it's it's a fantastic idea, and it sticks in my head because I feel like it's something we've definitely been talking about for a long time, um, and we're developing, you know, the app and all that stuff in-house. So I want to say it's it's something that we're definitely thinking of. I don't want to give a time frame for it uh, because we also have to talk to the rest of, uh, of the team, but hopefully in the future we'll have it. Yeah. Hey, Blake Garris is here. Blake, do you want to say hi to the podcast? No. He doesn't. He's <laughs> off to... The premiere of Marvel's Luke Cage? Is that now? Or are you going somewhere else? Yes. You need the room. He's pointing at the thing. We're going to wrap this, this no. sucker up. <laughs> what are you doing? Blake, you're destroying everything. Use, use your words. Yeah. We got nothing from Blake. All right, we're going to wrap <laughs> this up. Uh, guys, a reminder, you can email us at twimpodcast at marvel.com. Use hashtag hash. Tag this, this week in Marvel. Uh, if you've got questions and comments, next week we've got Twim URC. Uh, yeah, we've got West Coast Twim URC. Those oh, good, cats we don't have to do it. are going to be doing next week Luke is New York Comic Con. Yeah, they're doing Luke Cage, Power Man, Hero for Hire. Ah, uh, that's so good though. We are going to just hang back and record a short one on like Tuesday or something. Yeah. All right. Easy breezy. Hopefully there's no comics out next week. Well, there'll be plenty. Oh, boy. It'll be great. Uh, All right, yeah, so we'll be back with another episode. Say goodbye, Sniffles. Bye. This is Marvel, your universe. Even better if you said this goodbye, Sniffles.